0: and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, Positively Different Radio. In the morning, you are with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson. What are you thankful for this morning? Oh, just life. Just living just, just my life. just living my best life. Just life. Being alive, you know. Just being alive. Yeah, that's okay. right. you know, Lawson is alive this morning. So that's that's a positive <laughs> thing. It's always positive to wake up alive. To wake up not dead. Hey, Amen. Yeah. That's so good. And also like dude, I'm
1: I I'm, I'm I'm seeing the end of lockdown. Like it's really it's really close. The
0: easing of lockdown.
1: Well, the easing of lockdown. Well, for me at least it will be an easing. I'm yes. I I'll, I'll be receiving eases. Um, I don't think that's the right <laughs> word. But,
0: <laughs> but it's actually like You're going to you're going you're coming in a day late though. What do you mean? Your, your second injections on Friday, right? Thursday. Oh some Oh it's on the day. On, on the, the day. day. I I'm, I'm the one. As soon as they inject me, <laughs> We're we percent,
1: 70%. 70%. 70%. That, that's like, they're like, uh, you know, I I think like
0: balloons will fall from the roof and like... So they're all going to, yeah, you're going to line up and like hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, now. Yeah, yeah, and everyone <laughs> will
1: like jump and stuff. It'll be yeah. epic.
0: No, but lame. yeah,
1: but ultimately, yeah, no, I, I see the end and I'm like, I'm so I was talking to one of my friends from the States and they're talking about how Lawson's good it is to be Lawson's out of lockdown. joining
0: the New World Order. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, dude. nah, um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I, I, <laughs> You're talking about your friend in the states. Yeah, I was just saying, my friend in the states. They're like, they're just like, oh yeah, like you know, everyone has COVID here, but we're at least we're outside. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, lots of people won't have COVID here, and we'll be able to go outside too very soon. So that's that's awesome, dude. I'm I'm looking forward to
0: that. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm thankful for Awkward October. Oh. Awkward October is a thing our church does where you get to meet new people and have initially awkward conversations that become less awkward.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You guys were talking about Awkward October. Awkward October is awesome, it's the best thing ever. That's so cool. I thought you meant Awkward October because it's like in The middle of spring, and it's like you wake up in the morning and you wear lots of clothes, and then it's the
0: awkward weather where you have to take a lot of clothes yeah, off. Yeah, it's clothes on, clothes off like three times in the day. Yeah, that's right. Four times true. in the day, five times in the day. No, Awkward October, our church does Awkward October. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a church, a part of this particular church in October before, so I've never done this before. What it is, is you get a list, a list of tasks. I think there's 17 different tasks. Oh, wow. Right. And on that list, there are two random names from the church. Mm -hmm. And your goal is to tick as many of those things off that list as you can with that person. That is so fun. Because, I mean, the church, a church like any church is full of cliques and it's full of people that you know and full of people that you know their face and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And this is all about breaking up the cliques, getting to know other people, getting the church to mix and mingle. And. Yeah, so just this random guy who I've never actually said more than two words to called me up yesterday and is like, Hey, let's uh let's go for a walk, let's hang out, let's take the dog for a walk, let's do some stuff. That is awesome. So I'm like, let's do it. And well, I've got I've got two names on my list, I'm gonna follow some people up and do some stuff. That's awesome.
1: So yeah, for for if you're if you're part of a church community and you guys are wanting to do amazing things together, do amazing things for your community, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is definitely something that is needed. Or hey, if you just want to know more about it, so this book is perfect. Again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. And that clue again was the proverbs say to have enough of me to maintain your maidens. I guess it's something that we also need to a take on. It's board. creature. It's right? A creature. Right.
0: Creature. Yes. So strange. I have lots of maidens in my family. Oh,
1: I know. I've got the answer in my brain. Ah, oh, you don't know. I think yo. I know what it is. And if I da. think, if I, it's if, if what me. I know, if what I think it is is the truth, that is so funny. Anyways, uh, let's move on to some positively different news. So, yes. wow. Yes. This is crazy they've okay. basically just released well they they're in the process you, the, the US has bought 1.7 million doses of covid medication okay so just like 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 it's an it's a pill right an orally ingested pill mm-hmm. that kills s- covid kills covid basically reduces the symptoms so it's like a it's like a response to catching covid okay and they reckon it literally like reduces the risk of hospitalisation and death by over 50%. That's
0: significant. It is hugely significant. So if you have a really good immune system Mm -hmm. and you have a vaccination Mm -hmm. and you have a pill, Mm -hmm. you're good to go. You're like super good to go. But I'm also thinking here. I think think we need to, to, to always look at the fact that it starts with a really good immune system. For sure, yeah. Which which
1: starts with good health and good choices, and and there's so much in lifestyle that we can do. But I see this as like you know, you take antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. When you get an infection, you take, um, you know, Panadol or Nurofen when you have muscle pain, and even in like when it comes to like pathogens and viral diseases, like HIV or the common cold, like they have specific medication types that deal with those issues. Yes, this is like that. There you go. Like, just a pill that's like, oh man, I got COVID. I'm sick of being sick. Take this pill. And apparently, what it does, it uses like RNA to disrupt the. I, I think this is how all medication works, but the, no, uh, when it RNA comes, is new technology. No, but no, but the what it does, hold on, Lyle. So, it's it uses RNA, RNA to. RNA is
0: New World Order technology. Ah, oh, okay, okay,
1: <laughs> But it uses RNA to. Two, and this is the part that I think all medication does, disrupts the duplication of COVID cells. Yep. So yep. so that's like it, it just like attacks the COVID cells, gets rid of them. Well, the key is disrupting
0: the, the the duplication because, you know, it's all about how many of those cells that you get into your body. If you get too many of them in your body, yeah, you're done. mm And so your immune system, your first line of defense is your immune system. And if your immune system can create more good cells than the virus can create bad ones, Mm. then you're going to win. If it's the other way around, you're going to lose.
1: What they've um, seen at the moment is that, like, from their tests, these pills have had really good effects even against Delta or even the newer variants that are coming out. Like, it's it's kind of all-encompassing. It's not restrained to one specific strain of COVID,
0: which, again, is like, that's important, basically. because it seems that with uh, the vaccines, they work better with some strains than with others. Yeah, which is and and, and, you, and you sort of, you know, the big question about vaccinations is this going to, is, is the whole vaccination push just going to create uh, new strains that are vaccine resistant? Mm. You know, there's a lot of discussion about that at the moment and whether or not it's a good idea. We're not going to know the answers for these for the next yeah. 10 years. But this is the thing, is like
1: this medication quells the symptoms. I think if you got like, and ultimately, quelling the symp- symptoms
0: takes place by getting rid of the virus. Yeah, well, quelling the symptoms is important because the symptoms is I can't breathe. Yeah, that's right. And if you uh, can breathe, then that's a very that's,
1: positive that's thing. That's that's, great. That's, yes, it's really, really good. And it seems to every even like the newer variants like Mu and whatnot, like it's it's doing really well. Um, and it's currently it's been like put, um, submitted for, um, FDA approval and the US has bought 1.7 million doses at a price of, so that's like a pill, 1.7 million pills, because a single pill is a dose at $700 per dose. Which is, so it's a little bit more expensive than, well, it's in the United States, a little bit more expensive. Always money
0: to be made. uh, If people are dying, there is money to be made.
1: So we'll see, I guess we'll see, once this gets rolled out, the turnaround on this, whether it'll be like a $60,000 bill, like if the US bought it for 700 bucks. Yeah, that's
0: right. And the thing is, it probably makes about 0.001 cent to make. Yeah. In China. Yeah, well, somewhere,
1: somewhere. I, the, somewhere. I think the company, the companies are coming out of like, like the the Swedish kind of area oh, yeah. around there. So, Scandinavia. but they'll sub
0: that out sooner or later once it becomes successful. And they want to mass produce it. That's right. That's what always happens. And then you buy it for like sixty grand or whatever because it's like, well, you know, yeah, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the United States. We, <laughs> uh, but, so we're we're on a bit of a. Um, Shell and I are on a on a uh, on, on a. On an immune-boosting diet at the moment. Oh, that's so cool. You've told me about it. Yes. Shell's told me about it So my nose is starting to twitch and I feel like burrowing under the ground. (laughs) 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 And I'm turning green. But, uh, yeah, so... Maybe you don't need the pill. Maybe. Maybe I don't. (laughs) You're just standing strong. Maybe my immune system... In fact... The, the way I've been eating lately, I suspect that my immune system will be so strong that it just like smashing it and it comes past. Yeah, that's right. Like, the, the, there it. is no diseases. You're like me. I don't get sick
1: ever. I've never, I've never, <laughs> never been, never sick. been sick. I've never been sick. That's yeah. like not true. But you that's thought you were once, how but then you I... found out you were mistaken. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I, I, I found out I was just sad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sick. Hey, finally, in the last little time that I have, um, governors from the states of Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin—the best states to go to if you want to be sad. I mean, no, nah, that's a joke. Uh, but anyway, I was—that was just a shot at the Shell because <laughs> <producer laughs> She's from Wisconsin um, They are getting together to collaborate To create a full on electric vehicle Charging network And I'm like this is amazing yeah, They're cool. putting one at like every servo They're making it something that's like super legit And we need to do this And I will seriously I'll buy an electric motorbike slash car Whenever co- a good one comes available I am so keen for this You're listening to the Breakfast Show Podcast On Faith FM Positively different
0: there you go. So I thought I'd spend a little bit of time talking about New South Wales politics this morning. The reason I'm going to talk about New South Wales politics is I think there are some lessons to learn. Uh, particularly, you know, if we look at, uh, you know, what has taken place. Obviously, this is, you know, big news uh, across New South Wales. But the rest of Australia is going to be hearing a little bit about it as well. And so for those of you who may have missed it, Gladys Berejiklian recently, our Premier recently resigned. And so just sort of... And John Barilaro, the and, Deputy yes, and both well. of them, both of them gone. Um, but I'm going to talk about Gladys because she was the one who was really caught up in this um, ICAC yeah. uh, investigation, and it's sort of the thought has gone through my mind is like, okay, all right, uh, what is it that has you know made this so big that she has had to resign? And you know, as an Armenian Christian, you know, you sort of think, well, you know, the Bible has some things to say about how relationships should proceed, and the Bible supports the concept of marriage, mm. and you know, rather than having – yeah, because she had this long-term, five-year secret relationship with uh, this other MP. And on one perspective, on one perspective you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, our Premier who, you know, appeared to the rest of us to just be a single woman was getting some affection while she was in office, and that's important, you know, mm-hmm. um, and some love. But the thing that goes through my mind is, you know, if she'd followed more of a, a biblical pattern of, you know – have a courtship that is out in the open, you don't need mm. to have secrets about anything. Uh you don't need to um you know do things behind closed doors. If the courtship works out, then move on to marriage, have a wedding, all that kind of thing. I think these are events that, you know, could have really been celebrated by the state of New South Wales and Mm. people would have been happy to see that their premier was somebody who had a balanced lifestyle and was receiving emotional support as well as, you know, political support and so forth that she needed to have. Um, but by doing this in secret and doing it behind closed doors, it's broader and stark. And it's just, it just—it just reminds me that you know when God says things in the Bible and God supports things like you know traditional marriage and so forth uh, and, and courtship and whatnot, there's a reason behind that, and there are a multitude of reasons why this is the best way to proceed. Mm. So I guess that's the first lesson that sort of jumps out to me, and you know, sort of it's like okay, there's a, there's, there's a lesson to be learnt right here. Mm. Um, but we also need to talk about the new premier in the state of New South Wales. Of course, we broadcast from Newcastle, which is in the state of New South Wales. So for us, you know, Lawson and myself, this is kind of uh, front and centre. Mm-hmm. And so now we're kind of looking ahead and asking ourselves the question, well, which direction is this all headed? So we've got uh, Dominic uh, Perotti, who has uh, just become the premier. And it's worth looking at, you know, what kind of a premier do we expect to have? So here we have totally. a premier who support some policies that I support. He is anti-abortion and he is anti-euthanasia. Of course, there is a euthanasia bill that is about to go through the New South Wales Parliament. Uh, He has allowed for a conscience vote on that particular bill, probably not a position that I would have taken. I've probably got a a stronger position on euthanasia than that. Mm -hmm. Um, He's somebody who has six children, which is interesting. So he's a family man. He supports family values and he's familiar with the whole struggle and juggle. Where you struggle to raise children while juggling your work. Yeah, definitely. Um, And so I think there's going to be a lot of families and mothers that are going to uh, relate to that whole scenario. Now he's a young guy, so he's only thirty-nine years old, and uh, he has stated that you know family is one of his big strong commitments. So wow. a thirty-nine-year-old with uh, six kids is not a bad effort. <laughs> yeah, I was in today's say, world, good job, pumping like, uh, him out. But he does come from a family. He is the oldest of twelve. Oh, so this is this is the model right here. So this is the model right here. And as soon as as soon as I saw his name, it made and sense. He came from tw- family of twelve. I'm like, yeah, Roman Catholic, right there. Mm. (laughs) There's a big Catholic family right there. Um, People have stated that, um, let me see, this was the... This was Mary O'Sullivan, who is the New South Wales coordinator of the Women's Electoral Lobby, have stated that they hope he does not draw on private religious beliefs in his tenure as Premier. Now... That's an interesting statement. It is a worrying statement because it demonstrates a lack of understanding of history and a philosophy based around the French Revolution rather than the American Revolution. Mm. And if you look at the two revolutions and put them side by side, which one would you want? You know, it's pretty clear that... Um, you know, where the, the the French Revolution has resulted in you know more than, and the philosophies behind it have resulted in more than a hundred million deaths. Yeah, in the last hundred years,
1: and ultimately failing as well.
0: Yes. So so this is interesting because you know Hobie does not draw on private religious beliefs. No, a politician should draw on their private religious beliefs, whatever those private religious beliefs are, provided that when they argue their position, they argue it using secular arguments. Mm. You know, because if you stand up in Parliament and say, you know, I'm against euthanasia because the Bible says thou shalt not kill. That's not appropriate. If you stand up in the parliament and say, you know, because that's, that's uniting church and state together. If you stand up in the parliament and say, you know, I'm against euthanasia because it's bad for society and these are the reasons why, then, um, that's, that's giving good secular arguments for, Mm. you know, rather than just resorting to your favorite religious text, uh, for the position that you stand on. However, this will be interesting to watch because he does not belong to a faith tradition that supports separation of church and state. Mm. If you, As a Roman Catholic, if you look at the Vatican, where you have the Holy Roman Catholic Church and you have the Holy Roman Catholic See, the Holy Roman Catholic See is the state, the Holy Roman Catholic Church is the church, and they both have the same head. Mm. They are probably the greatest um, and most perfect uh, depiction of union of church and state that we have yep. anywhere in the world. And as a result of that, they regularly pass religious legislation and they believe in passing legislation based on religion. Mm. And they have, you know, pretty much 2,000 years of history of, well, maybe, maybe let's make it 1,700 years of history of doing exactly that passing legislation based on religion rather than on, um, uh, good policy. Furthermore, this is a religious uh, a, a tradition, a religious tradition that uh, has enacted the most severe restrictions on religious liberty that have ever been seen anywhere in the world. If you think the Islamic Republic of Iran is restrictive, then you didn't see the Roman Catholic Church during the Dark Ages. Yeah, wow. Well. Uh, so mm, that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me see here. Uh, Lou Jarvis, New South Wales Liberal for Liberal uh, Women's Council, said um, that he wants to have discussions where people don't agree with him. That's good. Then she went on to say that is probably inspired by his faith that you don't force your view on others. Well, she's never read any history, clearly, at all. And she's also never heard of a thing called the Holy Office of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, otherwise known as the Inquisition, where you do force your religious views yeah. on others. Now, of course, you know, every single person is an in- individual before God and an individual before uh, the people of New South Wales. And so time will tell. Let's see what happens. You're listening
1: to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: All right, we're joining us on the phone right now as normal uh, on a Wednesday morning is David Haupt. David, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning, gentlemen, and good morning to your listeners.
0: David, we live in a world of chaos, it seems right now. Uh, we can look at you know events happening in say Afghanistan, or we can look at events happening in our backyard with COVID. And increasingly, it just seems like you know it's a pretty cl- crazy place to live. And of course, you know we see that when all of these events happen, it creates creates a spike in in uh, anxiety, in depression, in mental illnesses, and so forth. How on earth does a person find peace? when the world or even just your home is completely chaotic?
2: Well, it's such an important question that we're dealing with this morning because in the past, uh, I would say, few weeks, my phone has been ringing hot. Um, I'm, I'm not in a therapy setting at the moment, but still my phone is ringing hot of people uh, ringing in for the children, for the teenagers and even for themselves just anxious about what is happening around us. You know finding peace in chaos is vital. Mm. It keeps us grounded when life is overwhelming us. But the question is, as you have asked, is where do we find it? Because so often we see that people numb it with alcohol or with other drugs, or even with uh, tranquilizing medication, or they overeat or they keep themselves busy, alienated the people that are the, the closest to them which they really need in their own recovery. So where do we find it? So often we look around us anxiously in the world to find anchor points. We often find it, try to find it in our work, And then there's a shutdown, the lockdown, and we can't go to work. We try to find it in people who so often themselves are battling with their own anxieties and fears of what the future might hold. So the question is back Where do we
0: find it? Yeah, and just listening to some of the things that you talked about there, where people, you know, where people naturally tend to go to when they're looking for, you know, for peace in a situation like that. You talked about, you know, people are dealing with depression and anxiety, heading towards alcohol and you know substance abuse, all of which are depressants and are only going to make the situation worse. It's almost as if I'm just sort of looking at it. It's almost as if the human mind, once it becomes ill. And rather than trying to preserve the body decides it wants to destroy the body, it starts to attract those things that are actually going to be worse for it. Is that is that what kind of what's going on here? I mean, why is it that people go to depressants when they are depressed?
2: It is as if at the moment as if all our anchor points that we normally look at is starting to erode away. There's just nothing that really stability in life so we, we clamor for, for medication, for antidepressants, while the real issue is not really addressed. In other words, we live today in a society of quick fixes and medication, for instance, is, is, is a quick fix. Yes, there are times that we do need it uh, and and I'm not a person that speaks against medication. There are some times that we need it, but while We can do a scan of the internet and you will find on the topic of how to get, uh, you know, stability during a time of chaos, you can get the following advice on the internet. Stick to an established routine, uh, declutter, get outside, do exercise, listen to uplifting music, take a break from uh, what is causing the stress in your life. And all of those things do temporarily give you some relief. Right. Did you, did you notice my words? Yes, you were in very birth. careful
0: about choosing your words right there. So these are good things, they're positive things, but they are
2: temporary. Exactly. So what we are looking at this morning is where can I find solidity, stability, and I would like to suggest to your listeners what we truly need right now in this world is a more stable, permanent anchor. And while I guess you know already which way I'm going to go. uh, Just by me saying this, for me as a Christian, there is in reality only one stable anchor, and that is in a relationship with God. Absolutely. You know, I have been through deep waters in my life through different kind of experiences that has happened, uh, not just as, as an immigrant, but also where I come from. My country is known as a country of major violence. Where do you get that stability from? In the midst of trauma, in, in, in the midst of instability, there's only one individual, one anchor point that will not slip, and that is God. You know, we from very early in our life, our parents are that anchor point for us. But then as we grow older, we see how that there's cracks in their relationship, in, in their stability, because they, like us, have been battled and bruised by life. There's only one individual that can give us that stability. And that is the God, and I, I, I just love Bible prophecy, because Bible prophecy predicts so many of these instabilities that are coming in our life. And if God has already been there, which he prophesies, he knows what is going to happen, then I can know that he also has a way out.
0: Indeed. And I I really like what you said about You know, if God has been there, I mean, how many, how much, how many chaotic experiences had, has God gone through? I mean, you can, you can go back to, you know, war in heaven. That's got to be chaotic. You can look at what has happened here on this earth down through history. You can look at the life of Jesus. And at the times, the life of Jesus was pretty chaotic. Uh, particularly when you come down to those closing scenes it's just crazy what is going on the level of you know injustice and just you know foolishness of human beings I mean God must just sort of shake his head in wonder and and as you say Jesus experienced it here on this earth so that when we're going through chaotic scenes he can be an example for us because you know in the middle of the in the middle of a, a of a court case you know where Jesus is being accused of things that will result in him losing his life and you've got and you've got You've got witnesses that are testifying against each other and and contradicting each other. Mm. You 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 can't get anything much more chaotic than that. And yet Jesus is just just standing there, you know. That's
2: right. At perfect right. peace.
0: At perfect peace in the most chaotic circumstances you can imagine. Because of his connection with his father.
2: Exactly. So, I, I want to give some practical, uh, you know, suggestions here to our listeners this morning. Uh, the first one is to check your focus. It is vital for us to know where we are at the moment and what's happening around us. But I would like to suggest to them that they are equal, if not more, focused upon the Word of God and uh, spending time with Him to, to balance out the focus on the chaos. In other words, Keep your eye on the news, but be careful not to over-watch the news. In other words, don't let it dominate you. Rather, let the focus on him who is your anchor point dominate your, your ultimate focus in your life. Secondly, prayer is so important. When we go through crisis, when I have gone through major crises in my life, uh, I have found when I tried everything else around me and all has failed, What brought stability and anchorage for me was when I went into silent prayer and just committed my my problems to God. I further found that worship and praise is so important. I take an hour in the morning where I uh, step away from my family, Early, most of them are still asleep. I go into my study, I put up a chair for God, and I take my Bible, and my early morning devotion with God is centered around Him speaking into my life. It is not a preparation for Bible study, it's not a preparation for, uh, you know, a proof text to, to argue a case with someone else. It is purely to allow God to speak into my life i like to share some of these passages with you. In Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let's just sit with it. Let us rule the peace of Christ. Rule in your, your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Mm. What does it look like to allow the Piece of Christ to rule in your life. Uh, another one, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares about you. Like I have found God to be a very present God, that as I'm facing a crisis, and I go on my knees, I open his word that right there within the next few minutes, sometimes an answer comes. There are times that there's silence, but because of experience, I've learned that he is an actual fact, to heard me, and therefore I can still rely upon him, still making my anchor point. One last thing that I just want to quickly share with you, because our time always runs too, too quickly in the morning. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Some other translation says are stayed on you because they trust in you. In other words, what uh, a summary of all of these texts is in reality, when the storm around you rage, turn not to the storm, but turn your focus upon your anchor point, the only one that will not slip. And that is in an intimate relationship with God.
0: And God clearly knew about this just doing a, uh, a couple of uh, quick, typing a couple of quick, quick words onto the computer while we're having this uh, conversation. And you find that, you know, grace is mentioned 128 times in the Bible, peace is mentioned 420 God knew that we would live in a world of chaos, and He knew that this would be a major need of ours, which is why He has so much to say about this subject.
2: In other words, more than once uh, for each day of the year. Yeah, wow. Which is having peace.
0: <laughs> there's, a, so, yeah, there's a daily devotional right there, isn't there, David?
2: Exactly. So, Lyle, I often say to people, because worry can take over your life, I say to people, if a worry thought comes in, select a time which you will actually manage your worry and deal with your uh, your worry. So in order to... Keep those worry thoughts to be intrusive. Carry a worry journal with you. In other words, open your book, write it down, and just shoot a prayer to heaven and say, Lord, this is an issue that's come up that is uh, causing concern for me. I've selected, let's say, 4 o'clock in the afternoon is going to be my worry time. I'm going to hand this issue over to you. And when 4 o'clock comes... You and I, oh God, are going to sit down and we're going to sort this thing out. When four o'clock comes, take a piece of paper, a pencil, and start to work through each one of those, writing down the following. What is the main issue that I'm worried about? Secondly, what is the worst that can happen? Thirdly, what is the potential of the worst to happen? Fourthly, what are my different options? How can I deal with this? And as I commune with God, what's very interesting, I've now trans- or transferred from a just, an uncontrolled worry thought, I've written it now down on paper. In other words, there's a psychological neuroplasticity that takes place. In other words, a processing that takes place. And slowly but surely, you teach your brain not to run out of control, but to practically... Process the negative thoughts
0: that you go through. Mm. David, as always, we have managed to run out of time again, but we do thank you for coming on this morning and talking about how to find peace, peace in God uh, during times of chaos.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.